creativity is important in every area of life because it's really, you know, it's, it's problem solving and that will show up in many different ways. It's not just art or music or dance or things like that. So in one example, creativity can show up in my life in my pursuit to the Olympic Games. As I mentioned, the hurdles are the exact same distance apart. At a certain point in my career, we knew that, okay, well, top hurdlers in the world take 15 strides between hurdles. But in my case, I was actually like, as every time I would try to run 15 strides between hurdles, I was like daddy long legsing my way there. And so <laughs> I had my leg so far in front of me that I was almost breaking every step and slowing myself down. And so we decided what we were gonna do was we were gonna run 16 strides between hurdles, which meant that every single stride, I would actually try to shorten just a little bit because I could have almost made 15 strides, but instead, why not add a whole extra stride and instead on every one of those strides take off like an inch. So I would just run like a little bit more underneath myself in order to optimize for my leg length and to be at my fastest and carry the most momentum. And so, you know, you have to remove ourselves like outside of the box, think creatively, like what's the way that's gonna work best for you to optimize for the result you're looking for. Well, episode three of the show this week, which means episode three of Coach's Notes. I'd be worried if we were on episode four of Coach's Notes, <laughs> episode three of the show. That's uh, some great math. Thank you for uh, walking us through that. <laughs> I'll provide a, a whiteboard sketch for anyone who <laughs> requires. Amazing. Um, so that was... a. Uh, you know, it's interesting. That was there were so many great stories in this in this particular episode, uh, but the one that led us in here around the the creative problem solving that Sarah and her team enabled. I guess would that be the right word? I think so. I I, I don't think you suspect there to be creative problem solving happening on the track, jumping over hurdles that are set in a particular position. Well, and, and in a to lane. her point. You know, and it's, I don't know if it's in this clip or not, or if it's a little bit before that clip, but she talked about how like the 400 meter hurdles, hurdles are the same height, same distance apart. Yeah. They never change. Like that is a constant condition that exists. Um, and, you know, if you, you pair that with some of the other things we've learned about creativity this season, that that's a constrained environment, which also is a, a perfect breeding ground for creativity. Absolutely. I mean, there is some creativity. I'm hoping people go back and listen to the episode and listen to the opening story because there was some creativity in how they put that original 1900s version of hurdles together with sawed off telephone poles and bumpy grass. So there was some creativity happening there. I'm glad they've done some standardization there and put the creativity on the runners. So with that, you know, as I was kind of thinking through that whole story and, and Sarah's experience there, I started Googling as one does on uh, creative problem solving, because I feel like the more I delve into that, the more I'm like curious around different models or, you know, ways that you can kind of come at it. Cause I, I think, you know, again, you and I probably have a, a tendency to creatively problem solve, but we don't necessarily always know the structure we're working in. Cause it's just not something at least that I've ever really thought about. And so as it happens, I came across the Osborne Parnes method. The old OP method. Old OP method through the Creative Education Foundation. 
And I love this model, JP. Like, I think this is going to work its way into, you know, when I'm working with someone, whether it be, I don't know, in the day job or coaching or whatever, I, I really love the way this model structured. And we were jamming on it a little bit beforehand, but uh, if you really look at it and it's got four steps to it, which is basically clarify, ideate, develop, and implement. And now we're going to tap into each one of those here in a second. That's really the process that was at play here in Sarah's example. I think it's a great model because it's the process that you can fit any creative problem solving. Like I've gone through a bunch of different programs and creative problem solving workshops and stuff where they, you know, go through the different models that exist. As you were alluding to, there's hundreds, if not thousands of models. Uh, The nice thing about this one is it's it applies to pretty much every creative problem solving well any problem really yeah like any problem you want to tackle it and i know there's a lot of different project management modules and like you oh, said yeah. there's there's thousands of them but this one really spoke to me and it might just be the shiny infographic you know i'm a sucker for those <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think what's nice about this is it's a good pairing of the sort of structured model and the creative approach putting together a model yeah. For, uh, for problem solving. It's not it's not too heavy. Like you think of project management and it's like super heavy on the uh, structure side. Like number this problem one point. Like I'm not going to sit down and number my creative solutions 1.2.7, 1.2.7B. Like that's just not, that's not how I operate. Yeah. I mean, so if you look at clarifying and in, and in this case, you know, what they, what they talk about is exploring the vision. So identifying the goal, the wish, or the challenge. Uh, so in the Sarah example, I mean, it's to run her best race, ultimately. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a competitive athlete trying to compete with the best in the world, and you want to run your best race. Okay, cool. Check. We, we, we've got a clear problem to solve here. <laughs> um, and then I think, obviously, you know, in this, this use case, there would have been a lot of data gathering because obviously she wasn't hitting the numbers that she was setting out to when she was doing the race. I, I, well, yeah, I think it would be the numbers and then also like the numbers of the race, obviously, but then also there's little bits of data all over. When I ran my best race, what happened? When what I ran I my do? worst race, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you've got some of the, like the hard numbers and then some of the anecdotal, like, okay, how did I feel when I ran that race? There's- or what did I do leading up to it? Like the structure leading up to it, and and very brief, but great story about that is in in high school, my brother actually shot the winning basket uh, for the provincials for the basketball team, and they you know they they won or the regionals or whatever they went off to provincials. Uh, and that day, hours before, we stopped at a KFC. To have, so what did we do the next time we played basketball? We stopped KFC, at a KFC. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's absolutely like it's not just the numbers, it's it's the anecdotal stuff that, you know, maybe it did, maybe it didn't make a difference. You know, the more you can understand, the more data you have, um and obviously you don't want to end up in analysis paralysis either, but if there's some clear indicators and you have some level of, you know, cause correlation to to what you did and and then the ultimate outcome, I mean, you can you can play with that. You can learn from that. And so that sort of leads into the next step, which is really around ide- ideation. So, you know, clear problem to solve want to run your best race. Um, it's not quite coming together. So then I'm assuming, you know, I think she mentions it at some point in the episode too, around talking with her different coaches and stuff. And it's like, okay, we need to come up with a, a way 
for me to 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 get this this time that I'm looking for because the conventional wisdom of taking 15 steps in between hurdles it's not working. I'm getting slower. I'm not getting faster. So we got to we got to figure this up. Yeah, and I think the uh, other thing that they employed in this space, which I think is really important, and I know you know before the show we talked a little bit about jamming on this point for a second, but pulling in other people. So her coaches reached out and talked to other coaches, talked to other people who were doing well. They they didn't just ideate in their bubble, and mm. I think a lot of times that's what ends up happening is people get in their bubble. They they ideate either by themselves or with a limited number of people around them or people with the same mindset trying to solve the same problem. And I think that that can, that can cause problems of its own. Well, you end up with like a group think or, mm. you know, as an individual, you, I call it the echo chamber, right? When you have yeah. all these ideas bouncing off and I just need to get it out with someone. And, you know, sometimes that's the step you need to take. But when you're talking, you know, trying to be the best in the world at something, you need a team. <laughs> well, and you might not even need them to ideate with you, to be honest. Like sometimes, and you've, the echo chamber is a great example because I feel like I do the same thing. And then sometimes when you speak it out to someone is when you actually figure out what the real problem is and the real solution might be because you've now heard it played back to yourself or you've tried to explain it. And as you're explaining it, you're like, wow, wait a minute. That's yeah. the thing. Well, and, and through that process, often you'll come up with, you know, two or three different ideas, maybe usable, maybe not, but the, just that yeah. process of verbalizing it and throwing oh, yeah. a couple ideas out there, some cases with yourself and some cases with others. But I like what you said too, like when, a, when you have a team that's willing to kind of, let's just say, go out in the wilderness or even talk to the competition or someone else that's done that thing before and bring back information, that can be extremely useful because you know, I guarantee she's probably not the first or only person to come up with, hey, I'm going to take an extra step here. I'm sure someone else had done that. Um, and being open to that information and having, you know, someone on your team that can find that information was, you know, probably at some point a, a big uh, step forward. She's not the first runner who's less than six foot two. <laughs> that <laughs> so I'm sure there's some people out there who have had some challenges to figure out. You know, but that said, you know, then you get to sort of the next stage of things, which is around developing, because now it's like, okay, we've got a couple of good ideas. What are we, how are we going to actually like implement these? So you're going to have to to work on them. And I think in her case, she talked about like basically having to change her whole stride and having to kind of like run underneath herself a little bit. And like just doing that, I think of um, Steph Curry, you know, one of the greatest three point shooters, one of the greatest, greatest shooters in NBA history. After his junior year of, uh, of of college, he completely changed his shooting form, like the entire thing, because uh, he knew it wasn't going to translate into the NBA, which is you know just crazy because you you get to such a high level doing it a certain way, and now you got to make like maybe this, these couple subtle little changes, but it changes everything. I don't know how you do that. Like I don't know how she went for as long as she did running the way she did, and then now she's got to change up her entire stride. That's crazy. And a stride doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're talking like one one hundredth of a second being the difference of whether you make it or not, like yeah. a stride's a big deal. It's also a little bit counterintuitive, which is what I love about the story. Like I think a lot of times we just we go we go on the intuitive and we think that's gonna be the solution. Like, oh, less steps would be better because yeah. we're touching the ground less, there's less friction, there's less blah blah blah. And then in their case, they were like, wait a minute. Let's actually turn that around for a second. 
Well, exactly. And I mean, I'm sure, well, obviously at some point they went through some sort of, you know, similar matrix to come up with, let's get it down to 15 steps and let's figure, let's, let's find a way to do that. And I think having the awareness that, Hey, this isn't working and it's not going to work. Let's pivot. Also the work required, like just mentally, I'm just thinking if I was trying to, if I was constantly running the same space and I needed to cut three a, a single like three foot step out of that whole space and equally divide it among the other steps. That would be tough. And I mean, she's adding a step, right? So now I'm taking, I'm trying to aggregate an inch or two inches off of every single step that that would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, again, you think about that championship mindset, you, you want to, get where you're going and you have to make those kind of adjustments and you have to be open to it and willing to. And I think that speaks to how she was able to get to the level that she was is the willingness to make a change like that. Well, I think between this step and like the develop step that we're in right now and the implement step, there's this cool (laughs) try it sort of mentality to it. We've got to the point where we've developed something and now we want to implement and there's sort of this little testing phase in between where you're kind of flipping between develop and implement a little bit that's always the most interesting space to me try it fail try it again fail try it again i, I mean this kind of harkens back to our conversation with danae of only wanting to try things if you're really good at them because i this is kind of where the rubber hits the road on that because mm-hmm. i would imagine the first few times of adding that extra step there was probably a moment and be cool to ask her we never really got that far but there was probably a moment where it was like screw this like I, <laughs> <laughs> You know, because like that's a big change. That's a hard thing to do. And maybe her mindset, and maybe it all works seamlessly. But like generally speaking, you want to make a change like that. That where the rubber hits the road on that implement phase, I think, is where a lot of a lot of things die. So that's like the most crucial part. Is you know, you've gone through this whole process to that point, and there are probably times where it should die, right? Like there there are times where it's like, oh no, this is not the right thing. I need to I need to go back a step. Right? I need to rewind a tick and. You know, in this case, it, it sounds like it worked out, but uh, I just thought it was cool to kind of look at this model and just in this like one minute voice clip, you can see this whole thing basically play out. I'm very visual in conversation and I've got this thing running through my head where she's just running and she jumps over a hurdle and then she runs and I just picture her like putting her hands on the next hurdle and being like, nope, I didn't step properly. Go back to the start. Do it again. Run, jump, run, step. That's. That's that's the process. A lot of times, you know, you want to become the best in the world at anything. I don't care what it is. It's it's going to be a lot of testing and failing and trying again and iterating and all that. So yeah, I love this model. And if anyone's interested in taking a look at it, it's creativeeducationfoundation.org. It's very long. We'll put it in the <laughs> show it description rhymes. as well. It rhymes, so I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to the episode, or if you just want to listen again, that link will be in there as well. Uh, but as we step away from this week, we're, we're leaving people with a question like we did last week talking about your creative process. So this week, think about, you know, what steps do you have in your creative process and what steps could you add to get just a little bit faster? 